Blog Talk Radio. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer, and founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. With today's edition of God in Country, here is host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Welcome to the Collision of Faith and Politics. This is the fastest hour in radio. Hey, I'm fired up. It's Happy Groundhog Day. What? Three more weeks of winter. Tres more week of winter. Who believes that thing? I don't. I don't believe in it. But um, I think in New York, the uh, the, the, the governor or uh, de Blasio, maybe, I don't know, uh, he was holding up, uh, I think it was last year or something, held up uh, a groundhog, and he dropped it, and it died. And uh, But the, the, the media didn't cover that, and they kept that under wraps. He was a, a groundhog killer. But more importantly, for those great patriots listening in the state of Texas, listen, folks, it's, it's Chris Kyle Day in Texas, and uh, you know what? American Sniper's still breaking all kinds of records of box office. That's awesome. Love that. I love that. I love it. That's what I love right there. I love it. Hey, welcome to all warfighters and sheepdogs, uniform and clandestine service standing on the line for us. Hey, folks, a lot of people don't really realize what the clandestine service does. They'll never get parades. They'll never get any sort of uh, acknowledgement or, or anything like that. They'll never get badges to wear or 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 anything nobody usually not even their own family know but the bottom line is is they're sacrificing for our country as well and uh so the warfighters and sheepdogs uniformed and clandestine service we thank you for that hello to our united states marines from the tidewater area and hello also to the army rangers and ranger instructors listening today we appreciate that appreciate your service hello also to the united states navy seals listening as you work out. Now, I do a first-hour show on another network, and I can tell you uh, they were working out hard then, and uh, they heard me give them a shout-out inundated with messages from them. Uh, none of them, I'm going to tell you, <laughs> could I repeat here. Hey, we have a chat function. If you uh, if you have that availability, we have a chat here. So if you don't want to call in, uh, but you you uh, want to send in a question or a comment or something like that as I go on, uh, feel free to click on over to chat and uh, subscribe while you're at it. Subscribe to our to, or to our uh, Blog Talk Radio page. That's very very important. And tell your friends come over and subscribe. It all drives on subscribers, man. That's the important thing. I'm just learning that subscribers and our and our uh, also our uh, God and Country Radio. A Facebook page, facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio, and, and uh, the great Sean 
military. He's active duty military fireman. He is uh, he's getting it done over there. He runs that page and he's all over it. So we had a great first hour over on the other network. We're going to have a great second hour here. But I want to say hello to the United States Marines from the Tidewater area, the Rangers, the SEALs. Thank you all for listening. While I'm at this microphone, I'm not going to allow this country to forget about you. Welcome also uh, to my listeners who are Gold Star families. You're in the fraternity or the club that nobody wants to join. And I'll tell you what, Americans, there's people living right in your own town. They've lost their children. They've lost their spouse. They've lost their parents. We're, we're fighting wars right now. We just lost another soldier in Libya. Oh, yeah, yeah, Libya. You know, that's where Benghazi is. So you didn't see that announced on the old... Uh, on the old news, the the media, mainstream media. So, yeah, yeah, we're not going to hear we're not going to hear that. We're not going to hear that, and that's unfortunate because there won't be a big uh, hue and cry. There won't be a whole lot of people knowing about it, but just those people in that house that had that visit from that. From that black vehicle, military vehicle. Or the phone call that you never want to get. Folks, you never want to get that phone call. I know people who've gotten that phone call. It's the worst thing ever. And you don't want it. But there's people in your neighborhood. They've gotten that call. You don't know who they are? Why not? Why don't you know who they are? They're in your town. And it's your job to know. Hey, special special shout-out to the great Gold Star families across the United States and and also to the volunteers at the Michael Strange Foundation. Um, You guys are doing yeoman's work there, Charlie and Marianne Strange, and so many others, the Hill Groups, and so many others that are in there. Uh, just working hard. America's Mighty Warriors. Listen, Debbie Lee, her son Mark Allen Lee, was uh, featured in, he was the first Navy SEAL killed, actually, in Iraq. Um, and uh, his part of his story was featured in American Sniper. By the way, I need to say right here and now, um, the the uh, Benchmade, the Mark Allen Lee commemorative Benchmade, that uh, the knife that, it's custom made. It's amazing. I'm looking at it right now. It's it's absolutely it's breathtaking. Absolutely breathtaking. It's stunning, actually. Well, they're they're sold out, and as far as we know, there's going to be no more made. Uh, but we'll see. We're you know Debbie is pleading to maybe they can do another run, but I don't think so. And also Operation 300. Um, Karen and Billy Vaughn, you guys are you rock. You rock. Sean and Angie uh, helping out with the Michael Strange Foundation. I really appreciate what you guys do. If if people around you knew what you guys do on a daily to help this country and to help Gold Star families, you guys put the the U in the USA. But thank you for taking up the fight. Hey, there's a speaking of which, there's a, a benefit fundraiser for it's a beef and beer. It's popular up here in the north, a beef and beer. And uh it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. There's there's beef and there's beer. I bet there's other stuff too. I don't know how it really works. 
I really don't. I have no idea. Uh, but I'm gonna. I'm, I, if I can go, I'm going. April 11th, uh, 8 p.m. till midnight. And everybody that lives in Philadelphia, around Philadelphia, tells me St. Dominic's Church. You know where that is? 8510 Frankfurt Avenue. 8510 Frankfurt Avenue. I have not been there, but uh, there's going to be a special appearance by the comedian. His name is Joe Conklin. He's a famous guy, man with a thousand voices. They call him. And this DJ named Eminem. I don't know him. I don't know him, but everybody tells me if I wasn't so old and decrepit, I should know him, but I don't know him, but I will, and I'm so, so sorry, so sorry uh, for not knowing you. Chinese auction, 50-50 t-shirt sales. There's a special auction item. It's a signed Philadelphia Flyers jersey, and there's going to be some guest speakers from the United States Navy SEALs. Uh, it's $30 per person. Come on. That's ridiculously low. You can do that. So please help our uh, support our Michael Strange Foundation so that we can help the Gold Star family members of the 289 fallen soldiers in Pennsylvania and 7,400, 7,400 nationwide who've been killed in action in the Iraq and Afghanistan war. Did you know that? Come on, folks. This is how you get the tickets. You call Charlie Strange. It's Michael Strange. Uh, uh, he was killed in Extortion 17 attached to DevGrew. He, uh, you just call him up. 215-983-4470. Great guy. You'll love him. Mary Strange, his wife, 215-779-5495. So you got to do it. Hey, did you know, did anybody see a football game yesterday? Anybody? Anybody see a football game yesterday? Did you know there's a big game on? Yeah, there was. And aside from that play call, you know, I'm not a, a big fan. Football aficionado at a top class. Uh, my son was a you know played on a national championship uh, runner-up team um, in high school. Traveled to Florida and all over, all kinds of different states playing football. So you'd think I'd know more. I pretend I know more when he and I are watching football together. Uh, but he never buys it. It's he's not faked out because he actually does know football. But I want to fit in and be cool like the cool kids. So you know. That's how it is. Anyway, did you know that uh, the NFL doesn't pay taxes? Hundreds of millions of dollars in profits don't pay taxes. Yeah. So anyway, they uh, the coaches for the Seattle Seahawks, they call the play at the very end of the game. They could have sealed the game and been a repeat, uh, I guess they call it Super Bowl champion, I guess is what they call that. Um they could have repeated, but instead of running the ball with this guy, Marshawn Lynch, who seems like he can run over people, they run the two-yard line. They had two downs to go. They had plenty of time uh, to get that guy in. A no-brainer. I mean, even if they know he's going to run the ball, he usually runs over people. But they didn't. They passed the ball, and it was expertly intercepted by this guy who is a uh, he's a community college guy. He didn't go to a four-year school. He didn't go to a big school. He's from Vicksburg, Mississippi. But he went to school, or Mississippi, as it's properly pronounced, he uh, he went to school in Alabama, little little community college in Alabama. So, uh, by the way, did you did you happen to catch the halftime show with Katy Perry? I see a show of hands. Hey, we got some people in chat. That's awesome. If you if, just come on over and join us in chat, if you if you don't want to call in, you say I have a question or a comment or whatever, uh, hopefully relevant to the show. Um, but uh, if you don't want to call in, you can always use that chat. That little chat feature. It's pretty cool. Anyway, uh, Katy Perry. 
she you know she looks like my daughter actually my daughter actually i don't know i think she's older than my daughter but uh my daughter was actually in a national contest uh katie perry look like looks just like her and everybody said oh she should have won it's ridiculous how much she looks like her but she is no katie perry and katie perry is no my daughter because my daughter's much more awesome but there's an article and i and i searched uh in in between the two shows i have about 30 minutes between the first show and the second show you know we're going to go to 2 hours here really soon as soon as we get some sponsors and and all of that we are going to go to 2 hours and we're going to do multiple days a week you know i'm also on on sunday 5:30 to 6:30 you can hear uh, my message no matter where i am in the country but Usually I try to be back from any speaking engagements uh, in the United States. I try to get back to speak to what really is my favorite group, and that is my little Kehala. That's a Hebrew word. Look it up, Kehala, uh, a little Hebrew kind of church. Uh, we're Christians, uh, but we're very in touch with uh, our Hebrew roots. And uh, we have a meal at like 5 o'clock. People start bringing this most unbelievable food. And uh, then at 5.30, we start right at 5.30. We're live on, on the internets. And uh, it's a lot of fun. You'll love it. You'll love it. It's it's preaching like you've never heard before. And then right after, uh, my buddy Steve, he is an awesome dude. I don't know what he can't do because I haven't found anything he can't do yet, but I know he can do a lot of things. He also plays the violin beautifully. He also, you know, sometimes we could talk him into playing a little bluegrass because he's a aficionado of bluegrass. He can play, man. He can really play. But we play some hymns. You know, you don't hear a lot of hymns anymore. And I like it. You know, I, I like the hymns. And it's it's fun. We really enjoy it. So, anyway, all that said to say this, you know, you could join us if you can't if you're not in the Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania area where you could join us live. Uh, it's in the Newark area, so you look that up. Newark, Delaware, not Newark, Newark, Delaware, and uh, you could join us live. We'd love to have you. You can see the hundred, and we have so. Uh, but you get there about five o'clock. You can get you some good grub. Eat you up some good grub. And then five thirty, we get started. Anyway, so so this. Uh, I was preaching for the first part of the Super Bowl, and we DVR'd it, so we watched it. Uh, you know, at my house, we watched it, and and um, there was an article written about that specifically. Um, and I I cannot find the the name of the author. It's it's weird that it's just not written in here somewhere. Uh, anyway, but I'll read it and I'll I'll look and I'll put it on the Facebook page and all that if we can find it. It's called "A Great Wave of Spiritual Darkness Settling in Over America." And there's a verse I want to read to you uh, that it quotes Luke 22:53. Luke 22:53. I'm going to read from the complete Jewish Bible. It's every day I was there with you in the temple court, yet you didn't arrest me. But this is your hour, the hour when darkness rules. Luke 22:53. And then the article goes on to say, in the recent years, the Super Bowl, almost always the highest-rated and most-watched television broadcast on the planet, has given over its famed halftime show to trumpet the cause of the New World Order and the Illuminati. Oh, no, he didn't. Oh, no, he didn't just say the New World Order and Illuminati. No, he did not. He did not say it. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, he did not say it. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Y'all be all right. Hang in there, man. I'm not, you, you're going to be all right. Don't trip. And as referenced in our opening Bible verse at the top of the story, the Illuminati knows that it is their hour, and they are defiantly out in the open. Let me let me read you some lyrics uh, that uh, Katy Perry was singing uh, at the beginning of the show. And, l- and let me also say, I watched the show, and I couldn't make out a lot of the words because, you know, these modern singers, they don't really pronounce stuff. Uh, but she was pretty articulate. But 
I got to be honest. I, I miss half the words, so I don't know, and I don't listen to the normal radio, so I don't. You know, this stuff I don't know. People know it, but your kids, I bet you, in the back of your van, I bet they know the songs by by heart. They know every word. So listen to them. Look them up on the internet. Look up the words because the words matter. That's the biggest thing. They always come at you with a great beat and a you know real good hook, but that's what suckers you in. So you want to play with magic. Boy, you should know what you're falling for. Baby, do you dare do this? Because I'm coming at you like a dark horse. Are you ready for, ready for a perfect storm? Perfect storm. Because once you're mine, once you're mine, there's no going back. You see, that's Satan talking. That's her song. That's what she came out singing. On top of a, a lion or a tiger, a mechanical lion or tiger with satanic red eyes. Two years ago, you had Beyonce. This is back to this thing. Uh, flashing the Illuminati triangle sign during our Super Bowl. Uh, I don't know what Super Bowl it was, but uh, XLVII. <laughs> the year before, you had Madonna as a New Age goddess gyrating on a satanic throne. And last year, had Bruno Mars shouted, uh, he shouted, Illuminati now, during his performance. Did you guys know that, or did you miss that? Yeah, everything matters. Little things don't mean a lot, folks. Little things mean Everything. Let me say that again. Little things don't mean a lot. They mean everything. So Bruno Mars, very talented fella. Really super talented. He shouts Illuminati now during his performance. This year we had ex-Christian, and she's she's an avowed ex-Christian. She's out about it. Katy Perry provided the entertainment for us. Perry, who you may recall, famously renounced her Christian upbringing and has this to say about what her air quotes faith is like today. I don't believe in a heaven or a hell or an old man sitting on a throne. I believe in a higher power bigger than me because that keeps me accountable, she told Marie Claire magazine recently. Accountability is rare to find, especially with people like myself, because nobody wants to tell you something you don't want to hear. I'm not a Buddhist. I'm not Hindu. I'm not Christian. But I still feel like I have a deep connection with God. I pray all the time for self-control, for humility, she told Marie Claire. There's a lot of gratitude in it. Just saying thank you sometimes is better than asking for things. The source for that was Christian Post. So maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was just, uh, maybe it was just the um, Christian Post. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it just seems like there'd be a name on that. So anyway, let's see how former Christian Katy Perry did compared to previous years. Katy Perry opened riding a golden monster with a glowing red satanic eyes, singing the lyrics to her hit Dark Horse, which we partially quoted up above there. Uh, read those words closely. It's the devil speaking, and he is coming for you if he can. She also performed her LGBT fan favorite, I Kissed a Girl, leading as many young women as will follow her into experimentation with the LGBT perverted lifestyle. This is I'm quoting this article here. Perry closed with another pro-LGBT song called Firework, where she floated over the audience riding a shooting star with the LGBT rainbow as its tail. The New World Order, an illumination agenda, is being hammered into our children at a feverish rate, using catchy lyrics and a nonstop droning drumbeat with overwhelming power chords. Parents, protect your children if you love them. All of this junk, every bit of it, is poisoning their minds, and it's turning them away from God. And Katy Perry is the perfect poster girl for this New World Order because she used to be a Christian. And now she mocks 
the God she once served. Just like Lucifer did as he was becoming Satan. You see, I don't, uh, you know, I'm the Reverend Dr. Sean. I'm an ordained pastor, and I preach, and I speak all across the country, and and I'm a different kind of preacher. You can go to drshawngreener.com, or you can right here on our show page on Toginet. There's a series we're doing on Sundays. You can listen to that. The one we did yesterday is right there. It's free of charge. Nobody's going to charge you. I'm also on iTunes. You can listen. I'm not, I'm not, I'm definitely not your daddy's preacher. But I am here to tell you, uh, I don't support things like um, Halloween. I don't I don't support horror movies. I don't support any of that stuff. And we're giving a voice to the enemy, and he is laughing. You know, on Halloween, the enemy is just laughing at us. Well, we want to call it the harvest celebration. We're observing the harvest. We're redeeming the holiday for Christ. No, you're not. You're joining the club, and you think you are, but you're not. We're to have nothing to do with that. Anyway, I just thought you'd be interested in that. A lot of people, you know, I watched the show, and it was extremely well done. Did you know, by the way, I mentioned this in the first hour, did you know that uh, the NFL does not pay these acts to be on their halftime show? Because it's like they're rewarding them because, you know, they sell a ton of albums and they get appearances and things like that. And they get a lot of publicity. But the thing is, is the NFL does pay for the production costs and transportation. They Listen, Katy Perry has enough money. She, no problem. She could, she could put that whole thing on like she did, and that'd be no problem. But let me say this. Don't you think it's interesting that a uh, an organization, the NFL, that does not pay taxes, that they actually get these, these uh, big-name acts to come and perform for free? Isn't that something? It's crazy, man. They, got, they have a racket over there. They have a racket. Anyway, so you've heard by now that uh, the Speaker of the House, John Boehner, has invited Benjamin Netanyahu to address a, a joint session of Congress. And Hussein Obama is, by all accounts, livid. And uh, my exciting thing that happened with me, I was on a radio interview one time, and Bibi Netanyahu was on after me. And, and I tell you what, I got to meet him. He's an intense guy. There's no getting around it. He He's an intense dude. He's serious about life. He's serious about what he does. He's serious about his responsibility to Israel, the Jewish people, and quite frankly to the Arabs, the peaceful Arabs. It's a small number, but the peaceful Arabs that are coexisting, bumper sticker, uh, right along next to them. Not all of them are blowing stuff up, but but uh, but most of them are, unfortunately. You're told that it's a small, small percent, tiny percentage. It's not. It's not. Anyway, he was a brilliant, approachable, highly intelligent guy. You know, Bibi Netanyahu, he's a war hero. He graduated from MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. You can't be stupid to get in there, and he graduated with honors. But one thing is for sure, and I knew it right then and there, Netanyahu, he knows the enemy that he faces. He knows the enemy that we face, that the world faces, Islam. Interesting, and this is interesting to me, and maybe you, you won't find it interesting, but I find it interesting and a little bit chilling. Iran and the other Muslim terrorists, they can already obliterate Israel. They can already reach Israel. 
They don't need nukes. They don't need any of that stuff. They can already hit. It's a lob from Iran. Get you out an atlas. You'll see. It's easy, close, easy shot. But you see, Israel's not their final target. They already have missiles that can hit Israel. They have those. But the deal is, Israel's not necessarily their target. We are. Did you all know that? We're the target. You're the target. That's right. We're the target. You're the target. Hey, a lot of people, let me just interrupt myself. A lot of people have asked me, where did that photo come from? They've been very kind. Uh, the photo on uh, my God and Country page and the p- picture of me and then on our TogiNet, or not our TogiNet, our uh, uh, Blog Talk Radio page, the show page. Remember to sign up. Click on sign up. That would be awesome. That's what I need. I need that. So anyway, um, a lot of people have said, you know, wow, that's a great picture of you. Uh, that was shot actually by Christopher uh, Brock, Chris Brock. Uh, he's a nationally known photographer. He's one of the, he is the top guy in, in Atlanta, one of the top three, I would say, in the United States. And uh, But his dad, who was also a, a renowned photographer, he took that photograph of me uh, this past Thanksgiving. Uh, at his house. Just amazing. So that's where it came from. A lot of you want to know. Look up Christopher Brock Photography on Facebook and on the Internet. Uh, absolutely phenomenal photographer. He's state-of-the-art. Totally innovative. Nobody can touch him. Nobody can do what he does. He, You know what? He actually has drone cameras, like super high-def drone cameras. And he can, it, you know, it's just unreal. And he he does some famous people, just so you know. I mean, it's It's just absolutely amazing. So, anyhow, you just need to understand that the United States, that's not Iran's target, or or the United States is their target. Uh, Iran wants to kill us. And let me say this. um, I, I want you to understand something here. When someone tells you, when somebody tells you, that I'm going to kill you. I'm going to cut your head off. I'm going to kill you. I want you to die. And I'm going to see to it you do. When they tell you that, you should believe them. And when a jihadist tells you, a Muslim, a practitioner of the death cult of Islam, tells you they're going to stop at nothing, including their own death, to eliminate you, you know what? You should listen. Note to self. Write it in ink. Big block letters. Make copies. Share it with your friends. Note to self. Note to everybody else. Note to the world. Death doesn't scare them. They mean what they say, and they'll do what they say. But in the United States, we buckle if somebody uses a harsh word with us. Oh, that was was bullying. That was verbal bullying. You're not supporting me. You're not encouraging me. You're hurting my feelings. Listen, folks, the, the, the jihadists will stop at nothing, including their own death. 
truth is, no matter how the truth is packaged, it's still the truth. And if the end result of ignoring the truth, because it wasn't packaged nicely, is our own death, then the rendered meaningless truth will just wash away in rivers of our own blood. Listen, I, I've seen these people firsthand. I face these people. They're not us. I've been nose to nose. They're not us. I've seen them blow up little children and babies. They're not us. They don't care about packaging or how nicely someone says something. They're not us. Our mindset and worldview for them is a win. You know, that America needs everything packaged a certain way and for us to stomach it. They're not us. They thrive on our soft, personal lack of strength and lack of political will. They know they can... Listen, you need to understand this. They know they can continue to destroy us from within and from our, our all of our borders. Unabated. They, Islam, they know. They know they're committed to win, no matter the cost. They're not us, and we're not them, because we aren't committed to win, no matter the cost. And I'm sorry to tell you. Speaker Boehner, everybody calls him a rhino, Republican in a name. And listen, he doesn't do everything I like either, and he does a lot of stuff I think is stupid. And this boo and dude, suck it up, man. I cry at Hallmark commercial. I cried at that daggone Super Bowl commercial with the little puppy in the, in the Budweiser. I don't know what that has to do with beer, but... Uh, their, their commercials are unreal. They get me every time. But you can't stand up there as the Speaker of the House and keep boo-hooing. You just can't do it. And dude, back off the tan. My lands. There must be a free benefit to them in Congress. There must be a tanning boost there they get for free because he is eating it up. Ugh. But you know what? we got to support. we got to support our Republicans and our conservatives. we got to support them when they're right, and he's right. We have to support them when they're acting in support and defense of our Constitution from enemies, foreign and domestic. And you know what? When we do that, we wield influence within the Republican Party when we support them when they're right. See, I think B, uh, Boehner took a, a very bold step here in inviting Bibi uh, Netanyahu, Benjamin Netanyahu. I think it was a bold step. He did it without consulting the president, Barack Hussein Obama, your president. You know, Congress has no duty or obligation to notify the president who they want to invite to address Congress. In fact, if they wanted, if they wanted to invite Little Red Riding Hood to address Congress, they could, if they want. President's forbidden to have any influence in that arena. But he doesn't mind when when ultra-leftist actors or people that don't know their rear end from a hole in the ground, he doesn't mind when they when they get invited. There's no problem with that. Come on now. But he minds when when his enemy, Benjamin Netanyahu, addresses Congress. The United States of America. The president, it's not his right, it's not his responsibility to determine who speaks to Congress. He's not a part of Congress. 
Did you know Bibi Netanyahu drew the longest applause and standing ovation ever the last time he addressed our Congress? Did you know that? You can go onto the YouTube and uh, you can download that. It's absolutely stunning. It's amazing. He gives an amazing speech. You know what? We have to realize in order to win our country back and, and stem the tide of Islamic jihad in our own land, we've got to stand up and support those who are in agreement on this, our most important issue. Look, folks, we can fritter about, we can carp about how this one or that one is a rhino. He's a rhino. He's a rhino. Oh, he did. I knew it. He was pretending he's a rhino. Look where he is on Common Core. Look where he is on. Uh, then another one will be they'll support a bill that has to do with, uh, it, it doesn't have to do with amnesty, but they'll say it does. You know, uh, my my key thing, I'll just tell you right now, Second Amendment. Don't mess with hey, don't mess with my Second Amendment, or you're done. And don't mess with the sanctity of life. You're done. You out. You do those, you're done. You mess with my ability to practice my faith, you're done. But you know what? When we go on carping and whining and frittering all about well, this rhino and that rhino, and we don't really pay attention to the bigger issue. We waste our influence on the most important role of governance, the securing of our country from all enemies, foreign and domestic. To continue whining about all these other areas that are superfluous, these areas that we don't agree. Now, I'm not saying that your 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 issue is not important. No, no, no. But I'm saying as it relates to the biggest issue. Listen, I'm I'm a Tea Party guy. I, I'm I'm for. I'm taxed enough already. I am absolutely for. Stripping the tax code, just strip it down, strip it back. I'll do a whole show on that. I'll do a week's worth of show on that. I, this IRS, IRMS, hashtag IRMS, it's sickening. It's sickening. But let me tell you something. Number one thing is Islamic Jihad is coming to get us. They're already here. We're wringing our hands. We do the same circular firing squad during the primaries and general election. I hear people say all the time, I, I'm not going to, I'm voting on principle and not the lesser of two evils this time. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I, I'll vote third party. I'll tell you what. I'll vote fifth or sixth party. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll write in. I'm doing it. I'm I'm registering. I'm being, a, I'm exercising my citizen right. And I'm doing that. Or you know what? I'm not even going to go vote. Not going to do it. Come on, folks. You're killing me. You're killing me. You know, this is this fact is true. If Mitt Romney... Listen, nobody is more conservative than me. Well, maybe there is somebody. But I'm, I'm very conservative. I happen to know Mitt Romney. We're not buds or anything, but I've met him a few times. I'm friends with one of his sons. You know... I know the guy is top-notch. He's a top-notch human being. He's a re- he's he's an amazing human being. But you know what? This is a fact that's absolutely true. You can't deny it. If Mitt Romney was elected last time, or 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 you know way back in the beginning of this just abomination, we wouldn't be here in this place now. Because you know what? Mitt Romney loves America. The guy does love America. But you know what else? He signed the front of checks. He knows what it's like to be the boss to start and run a company, many companies, successfully. 
he has been a rousing success in so many areas of his life, he's been an actual leader in critical roles. And look, I don't agree with some of his policies. But you know what? That's not enough to waste my vote on someone who has zero chance of winning. To air quotes, I'm going to make a point. That's stupid, and it spells disaster for our country, as we are seeing now. We all know Mitt Romney's out of the race. He's not He's not in the race right now. We all know that. Well, let's go on to the next point. I would like Scott Walker or Ted Cruz. I would. Those are great guys. Rick Perry, I take Rick Perry. He's weak on some areas that I, I, I'm, I have some concerns about, but we can we can properly educate him and influence him. That's fine. You know, would we be better off with him? <laughs> yeah. But Scott Walker, Ted Cruz, they're my two top guys. They're my two top guys. And I tell you what, I like Trey Gowdy for attorney general. What I like for him to do is to really, uh, really dig in and research and investigate this past administration, the Obama administration. And I would like for him to bring them to justice and put them in jail or whatever punishment is most, from a historical perspective, appropriate. But you see, I know how Scott Walker and Ted Cruz and Trey Gowdy and Sarah Palin and Mike Lee and Louie Gohmert, I know how they paid for college. I know, I know I can read their papers that they wrote in college. I can talk to people who actually knew them and liked them in college. I know how they think. I know how they feel. Because they didn't vote present nearly 200 times like Hussein Obama did when he was state legislature. None of them are extremists. The mainstream media keeps painting these people to be extremists. They're not extremists. Let me tell you something. If it would have been Romney, let's say he goes through the primary and and uh, he gets the nod and he runs against whoever the, the Democrats are going to put up. Folks, I'd have put everything I had behind Mitt Romney. I'd have given anything I could to try to influence his policy to the greatest extent I could, but I'd have supported him. Hey, hey, here's some homework for you, speaking of primaries. Are Republican primaries open or closed? Open or closed? When liberal talking heads tell us they're afraid of running against this or that conservative and or Republican, they might not be the same thing. You can bet that's firing for effect. They're saying what they want us to believe. They're saying who they want us to run because that's the one they think they can beat. You fall for it every time. They're saying what they want us to believe, but I've got two words for you, ladies and gentlemen. Great Americans and others listening around the United States and world, I have one word for you. Ah, two words. I'll say two words. Ronald Reagan. They said he was nuts. They said he was a cowboy. They said he was going to blow up the earth. He was going to get us just obliterated. Everything was just going to be obliterated. The fact is, Barack Hussein Obama, he wouldn't be permitted to visit the White House were he not the president. His associations and lack of vetting of his pedigree alone, that would have precluded him from passing a level four FBI background check. Yet he's our president in 2015. He's our president. Why? Because so many people voted with their feelings instead of facts. In fact, they didn't want to know the facts. 
there were many people out there screaming. I was one of them. I was, I'm not that big of a guy. Just, I don't look. I'm a little little fish in a great big pond. But I was screaming and yelling. Folks, you can't argue with the fact that Hussein Obama is devastating our country, and he's also devastating many of our true allies. And he's got this flippant anti-colonialist thing he does. It's his policy and his demeanor. But do you know how much he's really destroying our country and others? Do you really know? Let me tell you something that's important to know here, folks. Those that are lined up behind him for 2016 on the Democrat side, they're as as bad if not worse. Folks, we either marshal our troops here and now and form up a formidable and effective army of constitutionally-minded citizens, or we fail our founders' values, and we fail our children and grandchildren in losing this great republic on our watch. And yes, Hussein Obama really did send campaign operatives to Israel to try to unseat Bibi Netanyahu. And in my view, in my view, great Americans, that is treason. And that's something I, for one, plan on fighting. So help me God. If you don't believe that uh, he actually did that, if you don't, you don't believe that, just go to Breitbart.com and just type in Obama, Obama campaign in Israel. It'll pop right up. The article will pop right up. Would you like to know, is it important to you to know how Hussein Obama really feels about Islam and terrorism? Is that something that's important to you? Well, you know, here's here's a little snippet of CNN's Farid Zakaria interviewing the president of your country. This is Farid. I'll be Farid. Others say that you downplay the importance of terrorism. He's He's interviewing the president. Uh, you downplay the importance of terrorism. You want to downgrade it as a threat to the United States. This is Obama's response here. Here's Hussein Obama. Why, look, I have to talk to the families of those who are killed by terrorists. I have to talk to the families of soldiers of ours who fought to make sure al-Qaeda and, and Fatah couldn't carry out attacks against us again. So I think I'm pretty mindful of the terrible costs of terrorism around the world. What I do insist on is that we maintain a proper perspective and that we do not provide a victory to these terrorist networks by overinflating their importance and suggesting in some fashion that they are an existential threat to the United States or the world order. You know, the truth of the matter is is that they can do no harm. Is your head exploding yet? But we have the capacity to control how we respond in ways that do not undercut what's the, you know, the essence of who we are. That means we don't torture for example, and thereby undermine our values and credibility around the world. It means that we don't approach this with a strategy of sending out occupying armies and playing whack-a-mole wherever a terrorist group appears because that drains our economic strength and it puts an enormous burden on our military. Yeah, he doesn't mind redeploying for four or five or six or seven tours back-to-back. He doesn't mind sending our military that. He doesn't mind our special forces being ground into the ground. He doesn't mind that, whatever it costs. And, you know, talk about economic strength. He doesn't mind going on multiple per year mega million dollar vacations. But it's our military and protecting this country. He's concerned about saving pennies there. 
He goes on to say, what's required is a surgical, you know, because he knows so much about the military. What's required is a surgical, precise response to a very specific problem. And if we do that effectively, then ultimately these terrorist organizations will be defeated because they don't have a vision that appeals to ordinary people. It is, It really is, as has been described in some cases, a death cult or an entirely backward-looking fantasy that can't function in the world. When you look at ISIL, he refuses to say ISIS. He, he says ISIL because that includes Israel. Because he, he, doesn't, he doesn't view Israel as, as a country. So these folks that are saying ISIL, they're, they're eliminating Israel from existence. It has no governing strategy. It can talk about setting up the new caliphate, but nobody's under any illusions that they actually can, you know, sustain or feed people or educate people or organize a society that will work. Let me interject here. Let me interrupt myself. Let me interrupt the president. Mr. President, they don't care about feeding or sustaining or educating or organizing society. They don't care that their ideas don't work. They just care about laying the blade to the neck of the infidel. The president goes on to say, and so we can't give them a victory of overinflating what they do, and we can't make the mistake of being reactive to them. We have to have a precise strategy in terms of how to defeat them. How do you feel about what Hussein Obama just said, America? How about you, Gold Star families? How do you feel about what the president, Hussein Obama, just said? Gold Star families, your investment in the war on Islamic terrorists is the greatest and highest anyone could give. How do you feel about what the president of this country, he's the president of this country, not a Middle Eastern Islamic country, this country, but this country, this president just said, Blood shooting out of your eyes yet? All right, well, maybe this will create a response. Then Fareed Zakaria goes on to say, he's from CNN. Lindsey Graham says that he's bothered by the fact that you won't admit that we're in a religious war. There are others who say that the White House takes pains to avoid using the term Islamic terrorist. So my question to you is, are we in, are we in a war with radical Islam? This is what Obama says. In response to that question, you know, I think I, I think that the way to understand this is that there is an element growing out of Muslim communities in certain parts of the world that have perverted the religion, have embraced a nihilistic, violent, almost medieval interpretation of Islam, and they're doing damage in a lot of countries around the world. But it's absolutely true that I reject the notion that somehow that creates a religious war because of the overwhelming majority of Muslims reject that interpretation of Islam. Really? I don't hear them. I don't see them. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I've missed it. And so has the rest of the world because you're a liar, Mr. President. They don't even recognize it as being Islam, he goes on to say. And I think that for us to be successful in fighting this scourge, it's very important for us to align ourselves with the 99% of Muslims. I'm sorry, 99.9% of Muslims who are looking for the same thing we're looking for, order, peace, and prosperity. And so I don't. I don't quibble with labels. I think we all recognize that this is a particular problem that has roots in Muslim communities, and that the Middle East and South Asia are, it's very ground zero for us, needing to win back hearts and minds, particularly when it comes to young people. But I think we do ourselves a disservice in this fight if we're not taking into account the fact that the overwhelming majority of Muslims reject 
this ideology. Win back the hearts and minds. Win back the hearts and minds. You've got to be kidding me. Win back? Our hearts and minds were never with us. And you, if you want to be talking about the Americans who want to go fight in jihad, let them go. And if they decide, this is too hard, this is not as fun as, as uh, Call of Duty, this is our, it's hot, and it's, it's, these mountains are high, these bombs are heavy, these guns are heavy. It wasn't as much fun as I thought. I want to come back to America. We greet them by ventilating their cranium at 3,300 feet per second. You don't, you don't go and join our enemy and then say, I want to come back now. No. Nope. You're done. If you get the book Betrayed, you can, you can hear about how uh, Admiral McRaven, you know, he's the United States, highest ranking United States Navy SEAL, and he also is in charge of special operations in the military. And he, he told Karen and Billy Vaughn that, well, we just have to win the hearts and minds of the Afghan people. Listen, that's not United States Navy SEAL's job. That's not the United States military's job. You know what the job is? To kill them. To kill them. To ventilate their cranium at a high rate of speed. To introduce into their bodies high-intensity High-speed lead poisoning, that's, that's, that's what's supposed to happen. That's what our military does, expertly. My great friend Jerry, great contributor to the show, uh, he, he mentions, read the Quran, Surah 9. It was the last surah written. I'll, I'll pull that up and we'll, we'll introduce that into, uh, into our, our, uh, our Facebook page. We'll put that on there so you can read it. Surah 9. I've read it on the show before. You know, there's a lot more people. We only have nine minutes left of the show. It goes so fast. The fastest hour in radio. Mike Conrad, he says, let's be honest about the Mideast. A doctor's job is to properly diagnose the problem, be honest about it, and then apply the proper treatment. This is true of medicine, of engineering, etc. Yet honesty has fled the debate concerning the Mideast. The problem in the Mideast is that two peoples make an exclusive religious and national claim on the same piece of property. Both are determined to fight for it. And the more determined of each group refuse to recognize the right of the other to exist. Indeed, both deny the other's present existence. Many Israelis say there's no such thing as Palestinians. And Palestinians claim that the Jews are actually Indo-European Khazars, not Semites. It should be obvious that one of the peoples has to be removed, yet conservatives never state the obvious why. No other solution will work. Any other plan will be a failure. So why is every other possible solution entertained but the obvious? The Palestinians demand full independence, and Israel will not grant independence to such lunatics. So why is the two-state solution still being peddled? The Arabs want to destroy all of Israel, and Israel will offer the Arabs nothing but limited autonomous reservations. Why do we enable the two-state solution lie by repeating it? Neither side wants a two-state solution. Their spokesman and our State Department should be dressed down for fraud. This is not rocket science, but our best and brightest ignore the obvious solutions. Israel has only five possible, not ideal, solutions. A. 
continue with the present policy, where roughly 4 million Arabs in Judea and Samaria, which is the West Bank, and Gaza, are under some degree of military Israeli military rule, whether fully or by sea blockade, birth registry, or at the birth, uh, border crossings, without any say in the Israeli government that overrules that rules over them, which is not totally true. There are Arabs in the Israeli government. While hoping against all historical experience that these violently irascible Arabs learn to gracefully accept such a diminished status vis-a-vis Israelis who actually have citizenship. Here's B. Enfranchise the Arabs. Here's C. Intermarriage. Arabs and Israelis marrying. D. Pay the Arabs to leave. Or E. Ethically cleanse the Arabs. Ethnically cleanse the Arabs. Option A hasn't worked in 47 years. People do not like to be ruled by those they perceive as foreigners. Yes, the Arabs are definitely nuts. But even so, the situation can't go on. Option B, given that most of the Arabs are Muslims, now in the full blossom of an Islamic revival taking them back to the 7th century, enfranchisement is out of the question. Besides, Jews, given their history, would never consent to be anything less than a clear majority in Israel. We can rule out enfranchisement of Judean, Sumerian, and Gazan Arabs, even though conservative Israelis such as Caroline Glick have considered the option feasible for Judean and Sumerian Arabs. Most Jews will not allow it. How about option C with six minutes to go in the show? We must criticize the tendency of both groups to resist intermarriage and assimilation into the greater whole, a la the Western Hemisphere. But, quote, politics is the art of the possible, said Bismarck, and the Western practice of encouraging intermarriage as a means of peace is not possible in the Mideast, even if it worked in the United States and much of Western Europe. Hostile ethnic groups intermarried in the United States. Frenchmen intermarried Germans in Frederick the Great's Berlin. Celt and Saxon married near the River Clyde. English and French intermarried in Montreal. But a Jew will not intermarry Muslim nor vice versa. Indeed, recently in Israel, anti-assimilation groups such as Lahava have gotten violent, as the recent arson of a mixed school in Jerusalem shows. Arabs are even worse, where death is usually the end of those who dare mix outside prescribed limits, so intermarriage is not the solution. No country in the Mideast allows it. This leaves only paying the Arabs to leave or ethnic cleansing. That's it. Payment or expulsion. Any honest observer has to come to these two choices. Anything else is dishonest and a waste of time. Discussions by talking heads that do not come down to these options are conversations of either the deluded or liars. If payments, if payment is to work, it must be substantial enough to convince most Arabs to leave and convince third-party governments to take them in. Lowballing will not work. Arut Sheva uh, says, Feiglin says, that Israel should offer each Palestinian Authority Arab $500,000 to leave Israel. The country already pays 10% of its gross national product every year to maintain the two-state solution and the Oslo Accords. Feiglin says, including money for security fences and checkpoints, Iron Dome missile defense systems, and guards whom he said are posted at every cafe, Feiglin said the same money could be used to pay every Palestinian Authority Arab half a million dollars to leave Israel. Whenever I have suggested paying the Arabs to leave, I have gotten mercilessly criticized for being Arabophilic. Arabophilic. And the, but the fact is that many right-wing Israelis have come to the same conclusion and ended up with roughly the same numbers my own, an independent estimate of $200 billion overall. 
For those who cannot stand the thought of paying the Arabs to leave and preferably and prefer forcibly returning the Arabs to Jordan, one should know that many of these Arabs have long historical roots in Jaffa, Caesarea, Haifa, with no historical connection to Jordan, nor will Jordan accept them anymore. Let them return to Jordan is a wonderfully nice slogan, but is often historically inaccurate. However much one might want to free Israel of the Palestinian scourge, historic fictions will not help. Most of these Palestinians did not come from Jordan. Jordan temporarily granted some of them citizenship from 1948 to 88, but that was withdrawn. Withdrawn. The Human Rights Watch says, In Jordan, not all passports grant the same privileges. Following the 1988 judicial and administrative disengagement from the occupied territories, new regulations were enacted to render the passports of the Palestinians living in the West Bank temporary. In practical terms, this designation meant that the new temporary passports were now only valid as a travel document. It no no longer conferred citizenship and no longer had a national number. Okay, if payment is out of the question, then be honest and recommend that what is preferred is ethnic cleansing. Do not fudge and call it a population transfer, which is, after all, just ethnic cleansing by both sides. Be honest. You want them out, and you don't want to pay for it. i got to skip off of this because i got two minutes left. Let me tell you something. This is written, by the way, by Mike Conrad. He writes with American Thinker. Phenomenal. You've got a government here in the United States that lies about everything. They can't tell the truth about the truth. They can't even tell the truth about the lie that they told themselves. You say, well, what does all this have to do? What's the Katy Perry, the, the, the Katy Perry and the Barack Hussein Obama and the Israel? What is all that? Folks, your president is evil. I'm not saying Katy Perry is evil. I, I, you know, I don't know her. I don't know her heart, truly, except for the things she says. But I'm here to tell you, a lot of good men and women died for this country. Do we deserve it? Dr. Greener returns next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And in the meantime, he'll be working to restore your freedom and your liberty. He will engage in the collision of faith and politics for you and with you. In the meantime, remember to follow him on Twitter at Eminorquietis. That's E-M-I-N-O-R-Q-U-I-E-T-I-S. That's Latin for quiet menace. And follow him on Facebook. Dr. Greener's controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, is available on Amazon and at other fine booksellers. Or you can get a copy directly through his website, www.drshawngreener.com, where you can also listen to interviews and speeches and messages free of charge. Show archives are available on iTunes through drshawngreener.com. <laughs> 